right, you guys are going to, seriously, you're going to hear my story more than I think anyone ever has. I'm bearing it, like, it all, as quickly as possible. So, he hasn't, that's my son Gabe, and he hasn't even heard some of these things, so this will be fun. Um, (laughs) So, um, all right. So, tonight I want to talk a little bit about perspective, and perspective when we look at our own story, and when we look at other people's story. So, stories. Um, Perspective is a big deal, and um, so I... Okay, so first, and I'm, oh, I'm totally ADHD, so like if I go off and do squirrel moments or like, sorry, I'm just apologizing now. So, um, all right, so some of you know me in here, and there's a reason why I'm asking this, but I would like whoever knows me and has seen me at church, I want you to throw out some words of what you see when you see in me, when you, when you watch me. Throw them out. Awesome. Go. Loud. 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 lover. Um, I'm a broken Jesus lover, and something that I found to be extremely true in my life, and it's in everyone's, it's biblical, so can't get away from it, is the more broken we are, the more opportunity God has and will use if we just go down and surrender it, to put it into a story that doesn't okay so when we go through things we start in tragedy right like things happen in life and they can really suck um and that feels like a tragedy but i know from my own life god is just waiting and he's not even waiting when we think he's not moving we don't know what's happening because we're stuck in the storm of our tragedy he's weaving he's weaving and he's weaving and he's ready he's just waiting for you to get healthy enough, let him have it, and make this beautiful story. And the whole purpose of that story is because if she's going through something, and I have no clue what that is, and I haven't been through anything in my life, how can I look at this face and not be able to speak into it if I, if I don't have some sort of hurt, some sort of pain? Make sense? Yeah. So, okay, so here it goes with the, with the story. <laughs> okay. So, when you see me, you see, I, I mean, what I know of myself is bright, shiny. I love Jesus. I love people fiercely. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to run down a list, and I want you to think if you could imagine seeing that I've gone through these things, okay? Um, and seriously, this is more than I've ever shared in my life with anyone. Not even, I hope my husband, because that would be horrible. Um, <laughs> So the first time I was sexually assaulted was at age four. Um, Second was six, then up into the third and fourth grade. Um, I started fooling around kind of actively sexual at about the sixth grade. Um, My brother died when I was 18 in a uh, motorcycle accident. Found out a week before I graduated high school. Um, He's the one right above me in age, there's four of us. Um, and after that, I kind of just went off the deep end a little bit and met someone and became sexually active. And when that happened, a flood of memories came to me, knowing that my actual brother was one of the perpetrators, and I didn't realize it. I didn't know. Um, I kind of just 
the, the mind is kind, so we shove things to the side. So um, that happened, and actually, um, Steve and Tina were my youth pastors. Bar, um, they were my youth pastors. They've known me since I was in the third grade, and actually walked this with me, which is amazing. I love that part of the story because you don't know how much of your life you're going to look back and go, Ed and Brittany, Taylor and Noel. I mean, rocks. Like, even in their brokenness and them not knowing what to do um, all the time. It's just amazing how much input and how much they can, you know, help your life. So, um, I mean, I just remember, seriously, sitting on the wall, Steve and Tina were there, and I could already tell they could see it. Like, they knew me really well, and I went down on the floor, and I just said, I think I was sexually abused by my brother. And Steve and Tina both went, are you having sex? Like, they knew it immediately, you know, and I, I just bared my soul, and, you know, that they just went through that whole thing with me. Um, okay, next. Um, well, there, uh, okay, so my mom had an affair with, I mean, my dad had an affair with my mom's best friend, um, which was also one of my high school boyfriend's mother. I'm just, li- I just want you to see a history of a lot of brokenness. That's all this is for, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not for anything other than that. Married by 20, child by 21, husband cheated multiple times, divorced by 25, single mom, at 25, um, here's a beautiful part of the story. I just have to put it in there because he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Then I found Andy. Oh, God brought him to me. Um, and like the brightest part of my life. He's he's. If you haven't met him, he's like perfect. He looks like a gnome, but he's perfect. Um, anyway, <laughs> a, a hot gnome, but he looks like a gnome. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> More of the story. So I already had, in all of that brokenness, right, God was working. He, thank yeah. God, I, my parents were wise and had me in church, and I connected where I did because I'll tell you right now, going on mission trips, um, feeling responsible. Steve was the smartest youth pastor. He knew because I am I'm either a big detriment because of my bigness and my personality, or I could be the biggest help. And so he just pulled me in and always had me doing things. He always put me in charge of something because if I wasn't, I was the one in the back making everyone else not pay attention. And so he, you know, he knew that and he was so wise. Um, so um, by that point, I had some major issues. I had some ang- major anxiety. Um, I um, just had issues. If I, I didn't know why, but let's say our family would go to a party and I was feeling something would happen. There'd be like a trigger. Someone would say, oh, did everyone bring their candy something? And I would start to hyperventilate and I would freak out and I would just leave and I would walk down the street and I would walk like miles because I was having a panic attack and anxiety attack and I didn't know what to do. And then I'd get home and I'd lay in my bathtub for days, uh, not with water in it, for like surrounding me to keep me feeling safe. And I did all sorts of crazy stuff. Like called Andy one night and said, um, oh my gosh, the carpet's killing our son. It's going to kill our son. I need to pull it up right now. And I'm pulling up carpet and he's at work and he's like, honey, stop pulling up the carpet. The carpet is not like killing our family, you know? And so I started having some issues like that. Um, once again, thank you for my husband. He is amazing. Um, um, in 2008, um, when the crash of the market happened, we owned multiple houses. Um, I was in real estate. My husband, um, we both lost our jobs at the same time, and over a period of time, we um, lost our houses. We lost all our money um, and had to start over. So that was, um, I don't know if any of your families went through some of that a little bit, but 
um, that happened to us, and um, it was a really um, hard time for us. So we went bankrupt. We lost our homes, went into foreclosure. We literally had to start over. That was in 2010, 2011. Um, our daughter, who's not here, she's actually come to UD. Uh, why, yay? Um, <laughs> um, UD, why, yay? I don't know. I just feel like that's what I feel like that's what you should do somehow. Skid with that. Um, so she. Um, she was in high school, like four-point student, did, every, hi, Mer, um, did everything great, and um, then as soon as she, a month, well, she started dating someone who was older than her, um, and we were like a little cautious, and he was in the military, he was in Afghanistan, so they were doing like Bible studies on, you know, together on Skype, things like that. Well, um, she decided to get married, hardly dating, uh, marry him a month after she graduated high school. So we'd just gone through all this stuff. I never, I mean, God was weaving the whole time, right? He, he's weaving in me um, some amazing things. Um, when that happened, when she got married, it was kind of like, you'd think that the other things would have broken me, right? I mean, there are some heavy things, um, especially being so young and having those things taken from you. But... Um, when that happened, something happened, and it's just like, here I am, this is my body, and it went, and it just broke in half. And um, I ended up um, losing my marbles, um, got in the car, um, wasn't sure what I was going to do. It was either put a pipe in it and say, God, I need out, take me. I mean, that's how I felt, right? So I cry out to God. Um, literally, I just needed out of my body. My body hurt. Everything in me hurt. I, something happened. I knew something happened. I could feel it, and I didn't know what it was. And so um, it was either that or call my mom. Thank God for good moms. <laughs> if you're ever feeling really down, just call your mother or a substitute mother. They're, they're all around you. So um, I called her. Um, long story short, I ended up in Fairfax um, Mental Hospital um, for three weeks. Um, was diagnosed with bipolar type 2 disorder, which just means um, that um, I have extreme highs and lows. My highs are more awesome highs, like life of the party, I end up up there. I mean, I have lots of energy anyway, but it kind of, <laughs> like, I could end up on the table. I can't drink because if I do, like, I'm taking over this whole place, and you're all like, whoa. So, like, all that stuff, I really, you know, that that's my... High point, Connor, I love you. Um, so, but the, the other part of that is that when you're up this high, um, for some reason there's like my, chem my chemicals in my brain don't fire and, and understand each other as well. Um, so I will hit a wall and I will go all the way down. And what that looks like is um, not leaving my bed for four months. Um, not being able to function, um, freaking out. The whole thing about the carpet, I did a lot of weird crap. Um, and that was it, kind of in my life all the way through. But I, it you know, culminated and I broke. And so um, I had to pretty much pull back from everything in my life, learn how to get healthy again, take care of myself, give boundaries, learn how to be with people differently. I had to do all that um, to become healthy enough to kind of, come out of my house and be out of, in the world and stuff. So there's a reason why I tell you this, because in those moments when you feel like uh, it's done, it's over, like this is the lowest, um, we have those moments. Um, 
whatever it may be, my family has messed up. Uh, whatever it is, it can be you, someone else, you hurt by someone else. Um, what we can't see because we're stuck inside here, we're stuck inside the skin. We really have to fight to live in the truth and to see it, is that God has amazing freaking plan in the middle of that crap. And his plan is to bring you to such a place that when people look at you, they see, Je- they see Jesus. When you're in a, a place, and I'll give you an example, and I'm not tooting my own horn because I'm not like that. Um, well, maybe a little bit because I told Cameron I was awesome last week and he didn't believe me. Um, <laughs> So when, when that happens and you over and over, it's not natural for us to surrender that, by the way. There's different things we want to do when we're in pain. We want to, um, and we do. We look at other people as unsafe. We feel like we can't trust anyone. These people hurt me. I'm embarrassed. I'm mortified. Um, I mean, you know, right? I mean, any of the things that you've gone through, you know that talk that comes in your head. The good part is, is that it's not the truth. And um, we find our truth here. And we are, we are not our bodies. We are not our brains. We are a spirit that's connected to Jesus. And he gives us the truth. And even if we are waking up with all these horrible thoughts, we get to tell ourselves what the truth is. And we tell it to ourselves, and we tell it to ourselves, and we tell it to ourselves, and we tell it to ourselves because eventually we start listening to ourselves. Does that make sense? So I do not wake up every morning like what you see right now. Um, uh, Hold on. Okay. All right. I wake up sometimes for months at a time where I feel like the heaviness is so heavy, I know it's not me, because Robin is this. This is who Robin is. This is who God made me to be. It's something else. I know it's a brain chemical shortage. It's an issue. There's something broken in here. Um, Someone that falls and breaks their arm. Um, It's to me, I believe it's no different. It's just a broken world. We're in a broken world, things happen. It isn't spiritual because there is nothing that isn't of Jesus inside of me. So um, when I wake up like that, I choose. And and you have to fight. You fight for what the truth is. You fight. The minute you stop fighting, you start giving in. There's no no in the middle. There's no um, moment to... For me, and I don't know if that's true for every life, I think it is. There, even if we think there's a moment, when you stop fighting for what's true, when you stop fighting to look at what God's doing in your story and who you can love and who you can help, you're going the other direction. And for me, it's every morning. I mean, every morning. Um, right now, I've been doing good for a really long time. Like, I'm having a good, <laughs> call it like a run. You know, I'm, I'm not having problems. And I love that. I'm really thankful for that. Um, but I have to be prepared. If it does happen, I know what to do. And it doesn't mean that that's who I am. It's part of the story that God wants to use to love others. Yeah. So an example of, of that is, and this has been happening a lot lately, and I think it's because God is, I mean, I have just, at another level, decided to just whatever. Lord, what freaking ever you want from me, I don't care where I am. I don't care what is happening. I'll do it. Just, just. Show me. And, and that doesn't mean like, oh, the Lord said to me. 
I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you or whatever. I mean, those happen. But people come in our life and they reach out to us. It's a look at Starbucks. It's a it's a something at the store. It's something at school or it's it's something. And they're looking at you and they're waiting because whether they they are aware of it or not, they know there's something different and they need they need it. They need it. So even today. So um, when that all happened to me, um, I was in 2011. Um, I decided after a while that I needed to do a blog. I was kind of working through stuff myself, and um, it was helping me. And so I thought, you know what? I, and this is my totally my personality. I would rather tell everyone what's happening because I really don't want people talking behind my back. And so um, because that really frustrates me. Um, I just thought I'm going to put it out there. So I put it out on Facebook. I just put everything out. Here's what just happened. This is what I'm diagnosed with. Um, And then I just started blogging about it and what God was doing in me and how he was uh, healing me and what he was doing. And um, I did have some people, like my my former church, where I still, the church body's amazing, but there are people that cannot handle it. Like some people, it just, it's either too close or they're uncomfortable. Um, It's okay. If someone can't handle your story and where you're at, it's okay. That That's their humanity, right? Yeah. It's not, I don't say to them, because you're treating me badly because I'm going through something and you can't handle it, that it's like you're critical. Like, let me grab your humanity from you and take it because you can't understand what I'm going through. Wow. What, it's the same thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So you give their humanity to them and you understand and you don't. Sorry, I'm using your. No, I'll take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, um, so I started doing that. Um, I had, and I still have, um, three families where their kids were diagnosed with bipolar type 1 disorder, one with schizophrenia, um, email me. I had another person who told, uh, who's a missionary, who told another missionary who's like in, I don't even remember, like Panama or something, far away, further away than Panama, um, <laughs> who Facebooks me privately and says, my friend told me about you. I've been reading your blog. Oh my gosh, I'm going through this right now. I mean, they're, the fact that I'm okay with putting it out there and not putting it out there like, oh, my life sucks. I'm in the middle of this trial. Woe is me. But letting God work in it to the point where I can say, this is what I'm going through and this is what I know is true and this is what God is doing in my life and here how, here's how it's happening. You know, um, there's a different, there's different ways to do that there. Honestly, there's a wave where you're needing and there's a wave where you're giving and the giving one is the one you want to do. Like Pastor Steve, I says, you know, post your, what does he say? Not your wounds, your scars, right? Okay. So like that, you know, you don't want to be in the middle of that, um, feeling like you're horrible posting that to people. You want to lead them that way. So, um, Anyway, so I still meet with people. I still, um, there's a family that I meet with often whose daughter was diagnosed um, maybe like two years ago. Um, it's amazing. I don't, I'm not an expert, but when I sit down with that family and she tells me, the mom tells me what's happening and is confused because it's not inside her body, I can sit there with her and I can say, I get it. This is what's happening. It's going to be okay. This is what God says about this, and I get it. The look on a mom's face knowing that seeing this promise ahead of them, my daughter could be here, 
that's, I don't care if I had bipolar times 50. It, it doesn't matter. The, the pain that sometimes I have is worth it. Like, it's nothing if I'm thinking about lives that God's changing in it. Does that make sense? Um, so um, even tonight, Starbucks. I'm there with a friend, um, meeting up with her. There's some people that I gave a boundary to when I got sick um, because they weren't necessarily healthy for me at that time. Oh, let me throw this is in for free, okay? This is for free. Um, if you ever feel like someone's not okay for you anymore and, and not healthy for you, and you're like, oh, they're bad, they're out, they're out, remember this. For this moment, these people might not be healthy for me. In this moment, where I'm at and where they're at, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't heal both of you and bring you back together later. Yeah. Never decide that it's over for good. Never say that anything is for good because God is never done working and he wants to restore everything. That doesn't mean you're going to be how it was before, but it can be 50 million times better. Make sense? I always did that. I'm like, done. I'm done with you. You crossed the line. I'm done. That, that's new. Not, not good. So these people that I did that with... Um, Still, and it's a good boundary. Like for, for Andy and I, this is a really good boundary. Um, she comes in, and I'm talking and I'm not paying attention. She literally comes over, and it like this. Oh my gosh, you're here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're here. Like I'm thinking, what am I going to say? You know, and I just thought, just love her, right? We haven't seen each other in at least a couple of years. And she says, I was just in the counseling session with my husband. We're having a lot of trouble. I'm having emotional issues. Um, he's got issues. I have start to have a panic attack and anxiety in the meeting. I have to lay down. I can't breathe. They're like, what medicine can we give you it's with a counselor? And she, she said, I felt like I was dying. And I felt I need to go to Starbucks. I'm not kidding. She says this. I didn't say this. She's like, I felt like I needed to go to Starbucks. I'm like, oh. So anxiety attack, you really don't need caffeine. You probably, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so she walks in and she sees me and that's why she walks over and does that. And she said, God brought me to you. And I'm like, dude, seriously, you guys, what's it for? It's for that. Yeah. So right there in the middle of Starbucks, we sit down, my friend's with me. She's like, oh, what's happening right now? I don't know her, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we're in it. So we pray for her. Um, she starts explaining what's going on and I know her husband well and so I'm able to just because I didn't go loser you're done you know none of that none of that boundary but with love I was able to look at her and say some truth but like to help them not nothing bashing nothing that could be bad so she's sitting there and God's just doing this and I'm like what's happening right now so that'll happen she leaves my friend is bawling and she's like I can't believe that just happened the week before I walk into the same Starbucks and there's a chick and I look in her eyes and I'm like oh man she's hurting and so I just walked up to her and I just started talking to her casually and I said wow you look something 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 she gets up puts her arms around me she hugs me and just hangs on and she goes you're so nice so however I don't remember how she said it exactly but what happened in the room it's the one in uh, Lakeland Hills it's a small the whole, everyone saw it. Everyone felt it. The whole feeling of the store slowed down and everyone absorbed what was happening. I didn't do anything, but Jesus did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in me because I let him take my story. All that crap that I've gone through, I didn't stop there. I fought. 
He fought for me. He fights for you. He's close to the brokenhearted. Let me say something else. When you have people going through something, never walk away. Never stand back. Never go, I mean, within reason. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to have to. If someone's going through something and I'm uncomfortable, at least write them a note. Do something that says, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. God loves you. When they're going through that, God is close to the brokenhearted. Who are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be Jesus. So if they're in the middle of that tragedy and it hasn't become a story yet, you walk towards them, not away from them. We're the church. And sadly, people will view it as if it's the other way around because we don't know what to do. We get awkward, right? When something is uncomfortable and you don't know what to do, you pull back. That's not what we do. We're family. We're family. That's good. So... Um, because there, that turmoil, that agony, that, that pain will end up being a story. Wouldn't you like to be a part of that? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to be part of the love in that that helped them get through it? That's who we're supposed to be. Um, hold on a second. So perspectives, which I don't even, I've been all over the place. Um, some perspectives that you might have. Some people are sheltered. Some people grew up and they don't have... All the things that I said, you're like, wow, nothing's happened to me. I I feel like I'm in a bubble. I was protected. I was sheltered. I feel like I don't have anything to offer. That's BS. Because you actually have the most to offer. Because your vision and your sight of people can be so um, clean, so bright, so aware. That is what you want to focus on. Um, Not having all those things is a story. Does that make sense? Um, Don't ever lessen what you haven't gone through. I knew a kid growing up, we were youth leaders for like a couple, well, at least a decade. And one of them, he said all the time, I don't have a testimony, but I'm working on it. I'm going to make a testimony. I'm like, dude, you're so off base right now. Your testimony, and here's a pastor's son. And I'm like, dude, your testimony is is solid. It's in a solid foundation. You don't have to go off and do these things to feel like you have a testimony or a story in that part of it. Because then you go out and you love those people. That becomes part of your story. You look for the ones that are on the outskirts. You look for the other kids that are homeschooled and they're maybe sheltered and they're coming in here or, you know, wherever. I guess you guys are an adult, so it's a little different, but whatever. You know, come in. You look for them. I mean, it's, it's all in your perspective. Um, the woe is me when you're living in your story, but you're not healthy in the story. Um, that got to—you can't stop there. You got to get—you got to let God heal you. You got to let God uh, clean it out. You got to let God turn that heaviness into brightness. That's what He wants to do. He's got a plan. I had a whole bunch of scriptures, but we'll see if I read them. Um, um, I already talked about judging others or staying away. Um, and the judging, um, well, I don't even have to say that, do I? I mean, really? It's our human nature to try to do that because it's our human nature to have an ego and want to build ourselves up in, the, in our skin. The best way to do that in our skin is to kind of put somebody else under our feet. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus would be sitting with everyone who everyone else had under their feet. That's where he went first. That's where he went first. Um, hold on. 
Wow, I covered that. Sorry. You don't care. Do you? You're fine. Um, well, I covered a lot of it. Um, oh, well, just another little funny story. So when I was in the mental hospital, this is another part of my story. Um, this is why I have um, my heart has, um, there's just like this hole in it that for mentally ill people that are misunderstood, and most of our homeless are, I would say probably 80% are mentally ill in some way or another. Um, and you, you know, people just look at them as if they're looking for the next drink or the next drug or whatever. Well, they're, they're just self-medicating. That's not the problem. The problem comes from, it is, but it's not. It comes from mental illness, and a lot of them are schizophrenic, and they're unmedicated and, and have a lot of issues. Um, when I was in the mental hospital, um, this is something else that opened my eyes. Um, I'm in there, and I'm in my room. I'm scared out of my mind, first of all. Like, when you fill out paperwork and you say, do you identify as a he or a she, and we're, like, I mean, you're asked all these things that you're, like, oh my gosh, my little world, my little bubble, you know, had been popped. And I'm going into this big mental hospital with a lot of different kinds of people. Um, and I get put in a room, and I have two roommates. They wouldn't even give me my own room. Like, I'm a soccer mom. Can't you give me my own room? And they're like, no! So, I don't, I'm with the, I wasn't really, but I tried it. Um, there, I have these roommates, and one lady is like, seriously, three days. In her bed, three days. She's awake. She's not sleeping. She's staring at the ceiling for three days. Oh my god! Yeah. So that's on one side of me. The other side is a young adult who um, felt like she let let her family down, let her boyfriend down. They found her trying to jump off a bridge, saved her, and put her in there. So I have that on one side. I have this other lady who's like not moving. This is the crazy part. So she's not moving, right? Day three. Oh, the doctor said something like she's having, oh shoot, I can't remember, but basically she's checked out. Like her body isn't functioning, she's there, but she's not there. So out of nowhere, and I'm already like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? So three days in, I get this. <laughs> she's like this. She's tiny, she gets way faster than me. Okay, she's like, okay so she does that like 50 times in like five minutes the fastest i was way slower i'm like a camel toward her like she was so fast um when she came back and was herself uh well i won't say that when she came down and started to share who she was I found out she had multiple personality disorder. Um, she had been very abused as a child, and her mind broke to protect herself. So she created two other people. Um, in my past, I would have been like, oh, she needs Jesus. She, I mean, she does, but she needs spiritual release. I need to lay hands on her. I mean, that's how I was raised, you know? Like, this doesn't feel right. It feels like it might be from Satan. I, that's really how I felt at first. Then I got to know her, and I found a woman who not only was precious, she was just mentally ill. There, there was, 
you, you talk to them, you hear their story, you find out about who they are. She actually said, I have a relationship with God. I just don't know which one of me is going <laughs> to pop up, you know. So you have that, and you hear people's stories. You get on the inside, and it changes your perspective. Your perspective changes. And so I'm changed forever because of her. Um, anyway, um, how's my time? Okay. Okay. Um, so what I learned is that every life is precious. Every life is precious, and God wants to heal every life, and he wants to give every one of us a story. Um, no matter what it is, we shouldn't be looking at other people's story, thinking that theirs is better or worse than mine. We've got to stop looking around us, and we've got to look up, and we've got to fight for the truth. Um, and I guess if I could close with anything, it would be we all do things every day. Oh, squirrel moment. Is it, have you guys read this? Anyone not read this? Raise your hand. Go get this book. This book will change your life. It's called Love Does. Um, it's amazing. It's a great read. It's stories. And this talks about how to live every day with love at the forefront. Everywhere you go, looking for an opportunity to touch someone's life. When you look for it, when your eyes are open to it, God will bring it to you. God brings it. If you just say, I'm open today. And you might think it's nothing. You might think it's an embarrassing moment somewhere, and then later in life you found out something you stupid you did changed someone's life. I mean, really, we just don't know the big picture and what he's leaving. So um, this is a great book. And if I could close with something, it would be um, just don't waste your time being average. Don't waste your time with your life. And I don't mean average in what you do. That's, that's the average part is worried about what we're doing and where we're going and where I'm volunteering and what I'm wearing and who I am and how people see me. That's average. That's mediocre. Look every day and ask God, who can I love? Whose life can I touch? What part of my story can I give to someone else today? Seriously, it happens everywhere I go now. And, and that's the only reason, you know, because I'm ready to have God use my story. So does that make sense? Yeah. Awesome. yeah, so I think that's all I have. Awesome. Yeah. Woo. Awesome. I'm so sweaty. <laughs> so great. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> We recorded this video with Robin. Um, we recorded it like it was very, very powerful, but it was kind of awkward at the same time because we recorded it in a graveyard. And so there's these people like driving around and we're having to stop so they could honor the people that they're stopping by to see as Robin's telling her story and running through the graveyard trying to focus. That was interesting. Yeah, that was great. You know, I, I hope, I hope, you know, we took this summer to kind of focus in on this thought that your story matters. And um, I want to wrap up with this one thought. And it, it's really, I, I hope you understand how unique you and your story is. Um, if you look at the statistics, whether you think about and believe in how miraculous it was on the spiritual side for you to be you. If you look at the statistics of what it took 
just practically for you to be you. Take this number down. You are one in 400 trillion. You are one, you. The fact that you are you, that you are you in the DNA, that you are you in your personality, the fact that you come from the family tree that you come from, you are one in 400 trillion. It's an interesting thought. So in essence, I can't sit back and say that I don't matter. Because statistically, you matter. Not only that, but then you start thinking about the spiritual aspect of what it took for you to be here. The Bible says that before we even lived one day, in Psalms 139, it says, before I even lived a single day, my life was written out in God's book and he had a plan for me. It says in Ephesians 2.10 that you are Christ's workmanship created for good works that God had for you long ago. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So I hope that this series, what it has sparked in you is that you matter. And not just you matter, but you need to share that with other people. Your story has an impact. You are the only person that can have an impact in your sphere of influence. And that's what we heard today. Robin has a sphere of influence and she's become passionate about impacting it the best that she can. So I want to ask the question, who is the other one in 400 trillion that's not going to be touched if you don't share your story? Who's the family line that you can impact because you have influence but no one else does? What, What about our family line? Man, some of us, we have stuff going on in our families right now that makes us not want to be parents. It makes us not want to get to a certain level in life because we're just scared about what's going to happen because generation after generation after generation. This is the cool thing with that one in 400 trillion. You are unique enough you can break your family line. Yeah. You are unique enough that you can yeah. pause and say that I'm going to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. So I really hope that this series has sparked in you that you matter. And not just that you matter, but... Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Not only that, but people overcome by the blood of the Lamb, God working in our lives and the word of our testimony. Community builds belief. Community builds belief. And if we as a group got passionate about saying, Jesus is working in me and this is how, and sharing that out to our sphere of influence, we could accomplish quite a bit. Your story shouldn't stay with you. Why? Because you're special. And you deserve to share your story. Does that make sense? Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes as we wrap up. If you're here tonight and Robin's story hit you and you're realizing, I I really need to change my perspective on my story. Or, you know, we had Mike Lavoy come in. We had Pastor Kevin come in. We had Pastor Steve come in. We had Taylor come in. I spoke. Brittany spoke. Some of our team members spoke. And and you're realizing you have not done the greatest job with changing your perspective on your story. And like Robin so brilliantly said, taking your heaviness and turning it into light. I, I just want to pray for you tonight. Maybe you need your perspective changed. Maybe you need to process and deal with some of the parts in your story. If that's you, can you just put your hand on your heart? I don't want to call you forward. I don't want to make a big deal about it. But we really, really believe that you are here and you are special and you can have an impact. And we want to pray and believe in that tonight. God, we thank you so much for your intentionality with us. Um, you're not a God that creates by happenstance. You're not a God that creates chaos, but you're a God that creates order, and you're a God that creates a rhythm, and you're a God who creates with intentions. So I pray that we would not miss how special we are to you, and therefore how special we are to this earth. That, that we are one in four hundred trillion. that there is a reason why we're here, that we're not a mistake practically, naturally, and we're not a mistake spiritually. And the fact that we're here means that there's something for us to do. 
and that we want to be passionate about taking our story and using it to have an impact in our sphere of influence. We want our lives and the way we live to scream that Jesus works. That even through the dark stuff and the painful stuff and the heaviness, God, that we would become passionate about, about allowing you to turn that into light. So people can see the light of Jesus through the way we live and through our story and through our testimony. And we thank you for how great and awesome you are. We worship you in your name. Amen. 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 Can we give it up for Robin one more time? <laughs>